0: All right, who's got the joy this morning? That's the way to kick this uh, singing message off, that's for sure. We're so glad that you're here this morning. My name is Grace Marie Ward. I'm the worship arts director here and I'm so excited. I'm overly excited about speaking this morning on the topic that I love so much on singing. We're starting a new series called Sing Loud, Die Happy and we're gonna dive into all kinds of stuff but let's just go ahead and get some things out of the gate here. Some of you love to sing, so you're like, yay, this is why I come to church. Some of you are like, no, this is why I'm late every week on purpose, because I'm just trying to get to the Word and the good stuff. Why are you doing this to me? But let me just let you know that this morning, I think there is something for everybody. Whether you enjoy singing right now or not, I think we have a lot to learn. And no worries, I'm not gonna be going around the room asking for any vocal auditions for the worship team this morning. Some of you are like, man, that was gonna be my chance. Sorry, that's not gonna happen today. But today is gonna be fun. I think it's gonna be fun as we dive into scripture together because God has some really interesting things to say about singing. So what I would love for us to do, I would love for us to look at the big picture of what God is saying about singing, why he created it and designed it as a part of our human experience something we experience individually, and something that we experience communally. And I believe there is something so mysterious when it comes to singing. Now, much of what we're gonna talk about today, I realize it, it pertains mostly to what we do here in church and we sing together. However, the truth of what it means to sing as a group of people collectively is something that we have all experienced. Okay, so let me, let me do a little social experiment here. You respond as you think you're supposed to. Sweet Caroline, good times never felt so good. Had some harmony over here, that was nice. How about this one? Oh, we're halfway there. All right, we had somebody trying to do harmony that time. That was really good. Uh, Very good, but see, we're used to collectively joining together and busting out in songs in certain moments. One of the most common ways we do this is for someone's birthday, right? And we could be in a restaurant, and they're like, hey, it's this person's birthday. Everybody's seeing, and all of a sudden, everybody in the room is rejoicing and celebrating this person. Well, we got two people's birthdays. Okay, well, today is my mom's birthday. Believe it or not, how perfect is this? My mom is here, I'm sorry to embarrass you. I'm gonna have her stand. Everybody look, turn, stand. Oh, she's mad, don't be mad, we love you. Her name, I'm not telling them how old you are. You're welcome. So we're gonna sing happy birthday to my mom today. Her name is Janice. All right, let's do it, here we go. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday dear Janice. Happy birthday to you. Yay. If there's someone else in the room this morning it's your birthday, that's for you as well. But when it comes to singing, there isn't a season for which song isn't suitable. We sing for all types of reasons. We sing at birthdays, we sing at funerals, we sing at weddings, we sing in the car, we sing in the shower, we sing at karaoke parties, we sing at church, and we sing alone in our rooms crying to a Celine Dion song when our hearts get broken into eighth grade, anybody? You were my strength when I was weak. <laughs> Journally, it's true. It's a true story. I'm embarrassed to admit it. I'm embarrassed to admit it. But the gift of song is beautiful, and it can connect us to something bigger than ourselves, and it can connect us to other people. That's what is so mysterious about singing. Throughout the history of Christianity, God's gathered people, the gathering of God's people like much like today, they've done three things together to express their faith. It's been prayer, scripture, and song. Spirit, prayer, scripture, and song. And interestingly enough, even though song is one of the most singing is one of the most commanded things in the Bible, it's actually one of the least things that's taught on about why we should actually do it and why we should participate in it. And that's what this series is all about. We are, we're following a somewhat some things from a book. A friend of mine, Jim Thompson, is a pastor in Greenville. He wrote this book called Sing Loud, Die Happy, exploring God's, how God's gift of song is meant to change us. And so if you wanna dive really deep into this stuff, this is where you should start. But this morning, we are gonna kick this series off and we're gonna be talking about this for the next few weeks. And I think it's gonna be a big challenge for all of us as we kind of dive into what does this really mean? So we're gonna ask this question, why should we sing? Like why should we actually do it? What's the point of the whole thing? And so unapologetically, I'm gonna let you know there's gonna be a lot of singing this morning, okay? So just bear with us, those who don't love it, maybe by the end you'll be opening your mouth, who knows, who knows what will happen. But there is something for everyone in this message this morning because the Bible has something to say about this to all of us. So let's dive in together. The first reason that we should sing together is because singing connects us to something divine. Singing connects us to something divine, something mysterious, something that's built into the creation order and how we have been designed to experience things in this life and in this world. I want to read this Psalm 92, one through five. You can follow along with me says it is good to give thanks to the lord to sing praises to the most high it is good to proclaim your unfailing love in the morning and your faithfulness in the evening accompanied by a ten-stringed instrument a harp and the melody of a lyre you thrill me lord with all that you have done for me and i sing for joy because of what you have done o oh, lord what great works you do and how deep are your thoughts Right at the beginning of this passage, we see that it says, it is good to sing. It is good to sing. The Hebrew word for good there is tov, and this word simply means it's pleasing, it's delightful, and it's beneficial. It's beneficial to your life. We see this Hebrew word show up at the very beginning of the Bible in the creation story. You remember when God spoke everything into existence with his breath. And guess what he said after everything? It is good, it is good. He's saying it is tov, it is pleasing, it is delightful, it is beneficial that all of this is coming together. And then when he created humanity, it said it is very good, it is very tov as the word is. It's pleasing, delightful, and beneficial. I believe that God has established the world to work in such a way that there is something beautiful, pleasant, intentionally designed, ordered, and beneficial to your life when it comes to the way he has created things. And guess what? Singing is a part of that. Singing is a part of that, and it's good for you to participate in it. The reality of singing as a part of life is seen throughout the scripture, so I just wanna give us a few verses to look at and consider briefly here before we dive really into all of it. Psalm 57, seven through eight says this, and you can follow along and read it with me. My heart is confident in you, O God. My heart is confident. No wonder I can sing your praises. Wake up, my heart. Wake up, O lyre and harp. I will wake the dawn with my song. How many of you had a parent that would walk around singing before the, before the sun came up, right? And just like, okay, I'm still sleeping. The teenagers are like, yes, tell them to stop. Psalm 96.1, it says this. This says, sing a new song to the Lord. <clears throat> Let the whole earth sing to the Lord. God has invited those he's created to join in the song of worship. Psalm 104.33 says this. I will sing to the Lord as long as I live. I will praise my God to my last breath. You see, like I said, the Bible has a lot to say about singing. Let's consider some of these things. That Mike Cosper says this about the Bible. He says, the Bible gets much thinner if we take out all of the songs and references to singing. The Bible gets much thinner if we take out all of the songs and references to singing. Singing is mentioned over 400 times in the Bible. 50 of those are commands to sing, which means it's not optional for God's people. He says, sing. At least 185 specific songs are in the Bible. That's fascinating to me. There's an entire book dedicated for singing and worship, which is the book of Psalms. It's a song book. There are different styles of singing all throughout the Bible in different genres. There are songs of praise, there are songs of history, lament, thanksgiving, wisdom, repentance, enthronement. And it goes on and on and on. And it connects us to something divine, something that's within the created order of how the world works. And we as people get to try to tap into that. Let me give you an illustration like this. We think about it, Music, in the same way, we can think about mathematics, beauty, truth, morality, love, and music. The reality is that it exists outside of our experience to it. It's something other, and as humans, we get to discover it and try to understand it, but it's something God's put in the very fiber of our being about what it means to be human. And within it, there's order and unity, and it works together with intent. Let me give you a little illustration here. So, when we think about music, there's lots of notes. Y'all could do the do, re, mi, faso thing, but we won't do that today. I wanna play a C chord for us. Okay, here we go. C chord is just the notes, C, E, and G, working together, it works together, it's pretty, and there's intent and design and order around that. It's pleasing to our ears. But what happens if I'm like, well, I think a C chord should have a E flat and an F sharp in it too because that's what I want. This is what you're gonna get. That does not work, does it? It does not work because there is actually something that's been intentionally and created and designed within the human existence with music that works when it works together. And no matter how hard you want it to be something else, it works because God has created it to work and connect with us. Think about it when it comes to math. No matter how hard you may want two plus two to equal five, it doesn't, and you may live your whole life saying, well, I'm gonna shout it as long as I can and I'm gonna live my life as if that is true. You're gonna be very out of step with creation and how the world works if you try to live out of step with the way that God's designed things. I think what's beautiful about music is that it shows us that God intentionally creates, God intentionally designs things, and we get to be awakened to the fact that there is a creator, just with the simplicity of understanding something about music. It connects us to the divine, the one who put this whole thing into motion. But here's the reality today. Not everyone likes to sing. Some of you are like, I don't like it, and I'm not good at it. Not everyone can sing well, I I understand that. But in the Bible, it is not a precondition. It doesn't say, if you can sing in tune, please sing the song. It just says, sing. It says to sing, and it is good for you to sing. He commands us to do it. We may not hand you a mic this morning, but we still would like you to sing. And when he commanded and invited his people to sing, it was never just about the act of singing. This is what I want us to really think about. It never existed by by itself. It was always connected to something else and something bigger. It was always connected to either worship, it was connected to community, or was it connected to emotionality, what was going on internally inside the hearts of people. One common way that God's people would sing together in the Old Testament is in a song of response. Now, I learned a song of response when I was a kid, and I I guess there's a lot of people who know this this morning. There's a lot more people here than at nine, so I'm I'm holding out for you. Let's see if you guys can do this with me. You know the part. If you know it, sing along. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Got some good Baptists. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And then your turn. Praise ye the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise ye the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise ye the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise Ye the Lord. In the last service, all the Baptists were like in the corner. And so <laughs> I was like, I was like, okay, I see y'all. I need to talk to you off. But this service, no, I'm just kidding. I know lots of denominations learned different songs like that. But I grew up Baptist so I learned lots of songs like that. But there's something powerful that happens when we sing together in community, and God's people in the Old Testament would do this with Psalm 136. So I want us to experiment here this morning with a little song in response, okay? Now let me just forewarn you. It may feel a little chanty, okay, but I promise we're not just chanting ourselves into nothingness. We're chanting as we rap. We're singing this melody to wrap our brains around what the Scripture is saying. So with Psalm 136, it always has the first part of the verse and then there's always a song of response. His love endures forever. So I'm gonna split the room in half. We're gonna go just right this way, including the balcony, this way. And then if you're online, you're this group. You're the singing responders, okay? So this side, you're gonna just, we're gonna say the statement together. So let's say it says God is good and faithful. The response is gonna be his love endures forever, but we're gonna sing it, okay? So we're gonna say, his, I, let me figure it out. His love endures forever, that's it. His love endures forever, try that. His love endures forever, there we go, all right. So we're gonna sing, this is a really long passage, we're only gonna do nine verses, okay? But we're gonna try to experience what this would be like with singing and responding as the people of God. Here we go. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of gods. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of lords. His love endures forever. To him who alone does great wonders. His love endures forever. Who by his understanding made the heavens. His love endures forever. Who spread out the earth upon the waters. His love endures forever. Who made the great lights. His love endures forever. The sun to govern the day. His love endures forever. The moon and stars to govern the night. His love endures forever. You see, there's something about saying a phrase over and over again that at first may feel like, why are we doing this? But oftentimes we need to be reminded of God's faithfulness and goodness. And in seasons when it's hard to sing and believe those words, there's something powerful about having people around you sing those words over you. There's something about repeating over and over again that God is faithful and his love endures forever. And you could insert lots of things into that first part, but your response can be his love endures forever. It's a mystery that connects us and music is a gift. Why should we sing? Why should we sing? Because it connects us to something divine and we should sing because it's actually built into the fabric of creation in some mysterious way that we get to participate in. But why else should we sing? Singing is used to teach and transform. Singing is used to teach and transform. It not only matters that we sing, but what we sing. It matters what we sing. We are singing our theology when we sing together in church, what we believe about God, ourselves, and the world around us. Essentially, singing our theology is partly about hiding God's Word in our hearts. And there's something incredibly powerful about memory when it comes to lyric, melody, rhyme, reason, and structure it all taps into a certain part of our brain. In every culture in the world, there is singing of some sorts, okay? And we're familiar with this because singing is used to teach and to educate people. We do this as well. We do this with the ABCs, everybody. ABCDEFG. H-I-J-K-L-M-N-O-P. I I never knew what an L-M-N-O-P was for a long time because I'm like, we say it so fast, what is happening? I also recently learned that it's the same melody as twinkle, twinkle, little star. I was like, I'm grown and I just learned that. That is fascinating. But for me personally, I've always loved to sing. Legit, if I could be in a real life musical, I would. I would want to break out into song at all points when I'm walking between offices, when I'm home in the morning, at night. I just love to sing. I just love to sing. And one thing I'm particularly grateful for is when I was a kid that I got to be in the kids choir at my church. And very grateful that my parents had me involved in that. Me and both my brothers were involved. It was called the Booster Club. And we would get up and sing. And we learned all kinds of songs. But I was learning songs about who God was. I was learning songs about who I was in relation to God and how the world actually worked. And so this morning, I wanna wanna see how many of you can recall some of these songs, okay? How many of us can recall some of these snippets of these uh, kids' church songs that some of us grew up on, and maybe maybe you'll be surprised. So if you know some of these, we're just gonna sing little snippets of each one, but join in if you know it. Here we go. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. All right, rise and shine, and give God the glory, glory, rise and shine, and give God the glory, glory, rise and shine, and Give God glory, glory, children of the Lord. How about rejoice in the Lord always and again? I say rejoice, rejoice in the Lord always and again. I say rejoice. Come on, Baptist, where y'all at? I know you know these songs. I know you do. How about He's still working on me to make me what I ought to be. It took him just a week to make the moon and the stars, the sun and the earth and Jupiter and Mars. All right, all right. Maybe that one's not as popular. I'm stopping. How about, um, if you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. The adult version of that is, if you're happy and you know it, tell your face. You know, have you ever heard that version? Okay, we're not gonna do that. We're not gonna do that one this morning. All right, the B-I-B-L-E. Yes, that's the book for me. I stand alone on the Word of God, the B-I-B-L-E. What What church did you grow up in? Oh, we got a non-denomer, okay, 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 I'm impressed, I'm impressed. Here's the thing, oh, the last one, this is important, ready? I am a C, I am a C-H, I am a -A C-H-R-A-S-T-I-E-N. And I have C H R A S T and my H E A R T and I will I am Okay, we'll stop. You know, when you're doing your little, you go faster and faster. But here, here's the thing. This could literally go on forever. You should have been at our staff meeting this past week when we were talking about the sermon. And all around the table, we like, remember this, remember this, remember this. And we were just singing. We were much happier in that meeting because we were singing. I'm like, we should do this every single week. Amen. But somebody said, oh, remember that song? Give me oil in my lamp. Keep me burning. Give me oil in my lamp, I pray, hallelujah. Somebody said, y'all, seriously, my church grew up singing this version. Give me oil in my Ford, keep me chugging for the Lord. (laughs) Like, this is why people leave the church. That's super weird. (laughs) Don't sing stuff like that in front of children. (laughs) But here's the thing, we can remember all these songs, but there is good reason why music and lyrics are put together. There's good reason because we can remember it. It can teach and it can transform us because we can recall God's truth through song. Music and singing is just the vehicle to get to places that words alone cannot. And I think that's really powerful. There's a fascinating story in the Old Testament in the book of Deuteronomy. And I've never really studied and understood this until uh, recently, and I'm like, this is incredible. But in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 31, I want you to picture this with me. God's people have been delivered from Egypt. They have been wandering in the wilderness for over 40 years, okay? They're getting to the point where they're about to cross over into the promised land. This is a huge moment. This is what's been promised for years and years and they're about to step over into the promised land. But God says something to Moses that's so interesting. Before they cross over, he's like, I got something to say. This is what he says to Moses in Deuteronomy 31, 19. So write down the words of this song and teach it to the people of Israel. Help them learn it so it may serve as a witness for me against them. So here here they are. We're about to go into the land and, and God's like, I got some things that these people need to remember and the way they're gonna remember it is through a song. So here's the song. So then for 43 verses, it's all of this information about song, we're only gonna read the first four, Deuteronomy 32, one through four. This is how it starts, this song. It says, listen, O heavens, and I will speak. Hear, O earth, the words that I say. Let my teaching fall on you like rain. Let my speech settle like dew. Let my words fall like rain on tender grass, like gentle showers on young plants. I will proclaim the name of the Lord. How glorious is our God. He is the rock. His deeds are perfect. Everything he does is just and fair. He is a faithful God who does no wrong. How just and upright he is. Now that's fascinating, right? It's like, okay, all this big picture of who God's, this goes on for 43 verses. And in the 43 verses, it goes through lots of ups and downs about the unfaithfulness of God's people and then about the faithfulness of God through all of it. And at the very end of the song, this is what Moses says. Do not miss how powerful this is. This is chapter 32, verses 45 through 48. When Moses had finished reciting all of these words to the people of Israel, he added, Take to heart all the words of warning I have given you today. Pass them on as a command to your children. So they will obey every word of these instructions. These instructions are not empty words. They are your life. And by obeying them, you will enjoy a long life in the land you will occupy when you cross the Jordan River. I love that it says, hey, I have some really important things you need to know, you need to learn, you need to remember, and you need to be able to pass it on to your children, and they need to be able to pass it on to their children, and this is how you're gonna learn it. You're gonna learn it through a song. They are not empty words, they are your life. God communicated all of this, these life-giving words through song. There's something incredible and fascinating about that, how God works. You see, songs are powerful. It not only matters that we sing, it matters what we sing. It can teach, it can transform because it's not empty words, they are your life. Jim Thompson says this in his book. He says, in the past 2,000 years, God has used song to empower churches sustain sufferers, embolden mission, disciple the faithful, soothe the fearful, convict the proud, unify the cynical, and gladden the humble. Singing gets work done, amen? Singing gets work done. We don't just schedule 25 minutes of singing just because it needs to fill a time slot on a Sunday morning. We sing together as God's people because we believe that our hearts can be more connected to God and to each other and to ourselves when we understand the truths that we're singing and that it can teach, it can transform and take root within our hearts. These are not empty words, they are your life. I'm sure we could go around the room this morning and people could give a testimony about a song that's meant something to them in a certain season, right? Hey, this song, we sang it on a Sunday. I sang it for the whole week. It was the soundtrack of my week or it was the soundtrack of my season that I was in. But here's the incredible thing about the seasons that we find ourselves in. What happens when we still sing in the middle of those? Sometimes we actually need to sing ourselves into a new season. Sometimes we actually sing ourselves into the new season that we're hoping and we're longing for. When we sing the song, Raise a Hallelujah, I mean the chorus is, I'm gonna sing in the middle of the storm. Louder and louder, I wanna hear my praises roar. The hope and the joy and the singing is coming from inside the storm. As Christians, we need to be able to sing ourselves into a new season because it's reminding us of the truth of who God is. We should sing because it connects us to something divine. We should sing because it's used to teach and transform us. And lastly, this morning, we should sing because singing is modeled for us by the triune God. Singing is modeled for us by the triune God. God is a singing God. If you didn't know that, we're gonna look at really quick snapshots of what that means, that God is a singing God. We see it in the Bible with Father, Son, and Spirit. Zephaniah 317, it says this, the Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you. In his love, he will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. We see God the Father here singing and rejoicing over his children. It says that he is singing over us. Notice his song is near, it's relational, it's motivated by love, it's not something that's being sung from the room next door, it's being sung over you. Think about those of you who are parents and you've sung sung over your small children before they even knew what words were. You're singing over them. It's near, it's close, it's intimate. God the Father sings over us. And then we see a picture of Jesus in Hebrews 2, which is so incredible. Hebrews 2, 11 and 12, it says this, so now Jesus and the ones that he makes holy have the same Father. That is why Jesus is not ashamed to call them his brothers and sisters. For he said to God, I will proclaim your name to my brothers and sisters I will praise you among your assembled people. You see, this is a picture of Jesus saying, "He's gathered with those who also call God Father." He's quoting Psalm 22, which was a song used in worship by the Jews, and he is saying that He himself sings praises to God amongst the assembled people. Here we see God singing among us beside us, His brothers and sisters, we see God the Son as a singing God. And then lastly, we see the Spirit. Ephesians 5, 18 through 19, it says this, don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts. You see, the Greek word for Spirit, is pneuma, which means breath, breath. God the Spirit is literally the breath in our lungs. We sang about this earlier. God the Spirit is literally the breath in our lungs, and there is an intimate connection here that it's God himself giving us the ability to have divine breath, which leads to divine song. This is a picture of God himself singing within you. This singing God, catch this, this is so awesome. This singing God is over you, among you, and within you. This singing God is over you, among you, and within you, and this God invites us to participate in the singing. Why wouldn't we wanna join in? Why wouldn't we wanna join in that song? We should sing because it's modeled for us by the triune God, Father, Son, and Spirit. We should sing because it can teach and it can transform our very hearts because of the truth it carries. We should sing because it connects us to something divine, something other that's built into the way the world is meant to work. But here's the real question this morning that we have to individually reflect on. Do we have something to sing about? Do you have something to sing about this morning? For some of you, you just need to take the next step, whatever that is. Some personalities and temperaments are very different and that is okay. But maybe for you, the next step is thinking more critically about the words that are being sung, internalizing them a little more, letting them reach your heart a little more. For some of you, it's just actually starting to try to say the words, speak the words whatever the next step will be, regardless we can all grow because it's clear in the Bible that singing is a part of the Christian life and we should sing. Some of you have some limitations today and I wanna just briefly speak to that. Some of you have emotional limitations this morning and the idea of even opening your mouth to sing is so heartbreaking and overwhelming for you that you just can't do it. And I understand that, I've been there. But maybe your step as you gather somewhere like this and you allow the truth and the praises of God to be sung over you by those all around you. Maybe some of you this morning actually have physical limitations that you can't actually physically sing because of something going on within your body. Guess what? You can have a song in your heart. That's where the singing comes from anyways. And my, my encouragement to you is just respond the best way you can physically, knowing the limitations that you have, and that's okay. But some of you this morning may have spiritual limitations. You may have spiritual limitations, and the words that we sing together may feel empty because you haven't experienced salvation through Jesus Christ. Maybe when you sing, you're just like, I'm supposed to sing these words about Jesus as Savior and God is great and all these things but your heart's not in it because you haven't actually accepted him as your savior this morning. Maybe it's time for you to take that step of stop playing church, stop checking off a spiritual box and experience his life-changing love. You see, I always loved to sing from small age. I started singing with my nanny when I was really little and I am still singing today. But I'll tell you, when I experienced salvation, when I experienced Jesus as Savior, April 10th, 1999, he literally put a new song in my heart. He put a new song in my heart. All of a sudden, I had something to sing about. I had something to sing about that I understood on a much deeper level. And I remember as a new Christian, I would sit in my room and I would be listening to all these little CDs and these songs. And I was learning all these songs really for the first time, some of these worship songs. And I would sing songs like, when I think about the Lord, when I think about the Lord, Andrew, you know it. When I think about the Lord, how he saved me, how he raised me, how he filled me, with the Holy Ghost, how He healed me to the uttermost. Sing it if you know it, when I think about the Lord, how He picked me up and turned me around, how He placed my feet on solid ground. Come on, church, if you know it, it makes me wanna shout. Hallelujah. Jesus, Lord, you're worthy of all the glory and all the honor
1: and all
0: the praise. It makes me want to shout. How many of you know that song? That's an old one. It came out in 1999. And I remember sitting in my room and I was singing that song. That song meant something different to me. God had put a new song in my heart. And so this morning, The challenge for all of us is there is a deep correlation with God's delivered people and them overflowing with song and singing. There's a deep correlation all throughout the scripture and we see it and ultimately God cares about what's happening in our hearts and this beautiful gift of singing should be a joy for us all to participate in. So what we're gonna do to end this morning is we're gonna sing. We're gonna sing and we're gonna take whatever that next step is for you. And so I wanna invite all of you to stand. I'm gonna pray for us and we're gonna end this service with our voices raised singing to God. God, we are grateful for the gift of music. We are grateful for the gift of song. We know that you are a faithful God even in seasons when it's hard for us to remember that. May we realize that your gift singing is a way for us to recall the truths of the things that you've taught us all throughout Scripture. And may you be honored and may you be glorified through our worship here today. And God's people said, Amen.